Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father, we thank and exhort you. We bless and magnify your name. We just exhort you because you are faithful. We appreciate you for your loving kindness and we thank you for the power that's in your word. And we come before you this day, Father, that you enlighten our mind again so that we can stand strong in shape as touching the design that you have for us before creation began. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to share with us on what I've simply called Without light, you are formless. Without light, you are formless. When I say formless, you have no shape. You have no design. Without light, you're formless. And when we begin to discuss the scriptures, you'll be able to understand what I mean. In the first place, you realize that God said, let's make man in our image and after our likeness. And Genesis 2, Bible now says, God formed man. Amen? Right. So there's a making, there's a forming. Praise the living God. Which has to do with creating. Now, if there is no light in your life, you don't have shape. When you form a thing, you are designing the thing to have a shape, to have a structure, to have stability, to have a stand, to become describable. You can be able to describe any object that is formed. Are you with me? When you see a human being, you can say this is a human being because he has shape, he has form. Now, if you don't have light in you as a believer, you don't have shape in the spirit realm. Your description in the spirit realm is formlessness. You don't have shape. You don't have any bit by which you can be described. And so, first place we're going to read in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 22. Jeremiah 4, verse 22. And this is what the Bible says. My people is foolish. King James says that. They have not known me. Now, remember, he's talking about his own people. They are sottish children, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. Now, let's read this from the NIV. From the NIV. My people are fools. Now, this is God talking. They do not know me. They are senseless children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. I don't know if the description goes for people, some people that you know. We have a class of people who don't know how to do good at all. The only thing they know how to do is evil. And God said, if you are supposed to be my people, but they don't know how to do good. The only thing they know how to do, and they are skilled at doing, is evil. And if you have such character, the Lord has to help you. You have to pray that God will certainly deliver you. Hallelujah. Look at the Romans 16. Paul was quoting from the scripture in the book of Romans 16 verse 19. And this is what it said. I would like us to read it from the message translation. From message translation. And so while they have 
never been any question about your honesty in these matters. I couldn't be more proud of you. I want you also to be smart, making sure every good thing is the real thing. Every good thing is the real thing. Don't be gullible, that's foolish, in regard to smooth-talking evil. Don't be part of that smooth-talking evil. Hallelujah. Then he said, stay alert like this. Verse 22 says, I mean verse 20. And before you know it, and you begin to see the benefit. Before you know it, the God of peace will come down on Satan with both feet. Stomping him into the dead. Enjoy the best of Jesus. Praise the living God. I say praise the living God. He said, when you know how to do good, when you always try to do good, when you try to be smart in doing good and not evil, God himself will come down and bruise Satan under your feet. Meaning, if you know how to do good, you always ride over Satan. Are you listening to me? If you know how to do good, if you have learned how to do good, if you can deviate from evil, you have the privilege of riding over Satan at all times. The Bible said God himself will come down. You don't have any cause to be worried about what anybody is thinking or want to do towards you. Just maintain doing good in your life. Just stay doing good at all times. Always believe for the best. Never see anything evil in anybody. And in so doing, the Bible says, God himself will come down and stomp the devil on that feet for you. So you always have the victory when you stay on the path of doing good. Amen? And that's why God was regretting and saying, my people are foolish. They don't know how to do good. They know how to do evil. Why did he say they are foolish? Because now, in, only in doing good, that he can come down to deal with the devil. But when you start doing evil, he is not going to come down to deal with the devil. That's why he said, you are foolish. Did you get the meaning? Good. The more you stay on the path of good, the more God gives you the victory. But when you try to do evil, God pulls himself out of your system. It's like you're walking alone. And this is where you find yourself into trouble all the time. And God said, acting that way is foolishness. He said, my children don't even know me. They know how to do evil. They don't know how to do good. But I wish they know how to do good. I will come down and deal with the evil. If there is any evil trying to rise against you, that is not your issue. That is not your headache. How many of you understand God said we're going to give him praise? The more we give him praise, he comes down and deal with the devil, put him on the feet. We get the victory because we're doing good. Amen. Praise the living God. Now go with me to Jeremiah chapter the same chapter 4, verse 23. The next verse. Jeremiah 4, 23. I'm seeing two keys getting open. Two keys getting open. Uh, glory to God. Two keys just getting open. But Lord has snapping open. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. 
Jeremiah 4, 23. The Bible says, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form. Here we go. And void. And the heavens, and they have no light. You remember any time heaven and earth are talking, they come together. The earth have no shape. Now in the first place, this was talking about the children of Israel. Without you talking about the house of Judah. When I look at the house of Judah, they have no shape. The heaven over them itself have no light. Hallelujah. The same thing he's talking about when he said, my children, they don't know me. He has said that before he come here to say, they have no form. Because there's no light in the heavens. When there's no light in your heaven, your earth itself becomes formless. You are like a desert. Hallelujah. The prophet here has a vision of the utter dissolution of the land. You know, he's talking about what enemies are going to come to do. Enemies are coming to encroach on the land of Judah. And they want to destroy the system. And he's saying, they're going to waste it. It becomes like a desert. Why? Because verse 22 says, they don't know me. They know how to do evil. Can you get the implication now? They don't know how to do good. But if only you know how to do good, I will stand the enemy under your feet. You get the victory. But now you know how to do evil. You don't know how to do good. So you don't know me. Now the enemy is coming. And your land is going to become like a total waste. Hallelujah. This description is borrowed from Genesis 1 and 2. So we're going to go to Genesis 1 and 2. The first thing is the world without form is to who in the Hebrew? Could mean to lie waste, a desolation of surface. That is a desert, worthless things, something that is in vain. It speaks of confusion. It speaks of emptiness, empty place, without form, nothing, vain, vanity, waste, wilderness. God is saying, when you don't know me, you are formless, no form, and no light. So you are living in a life of total confusion, you are living a life of vanity, you are living a life of waste. I mean, if you understand... You can live in this condition that even when resources come to your hand, you don't know how to use it. A life of wastefulness. You waste the resources in your life. You waste the money that is coming to you. You waste the energy you have all because you turn into all evil. They were formless because they don't know me. They were formless because they know how to do evil. They were formless because why? No light in the system. And so, we go to Genesis 1 verse 2. That's what the Bible said. Remember in the first place it said, if you look up from number 1, it first said, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Is that okay? Then verse 2 says, now but by the way, you understand what the beginning means? In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. What is the beginning? Okay, John chapter 1 verse 1. I'm just trying to give you that. In the beginning God Hmm? Hallelujah. When you look at John chapter 1 verse 1, what then do you think is the beginning? He had been the beginning. Christ is the beginning. In Christ, God created the heaven and the earth. If you will. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Alright. Look at verse 2. 
Genesis 1 verse 2. And the Bible says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was up upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I remember we have treated this before. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I'm just going to pick out some things for you here on this message. But remember this. The earth was without form and void. It was completely empty as it were. Many were in a state of desolation, a state of confusion. Praise the living God. Now the Bible says the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. What waters are they talking about? Is it the Atlantic Ocean? Is it the Indian Ocean? What waters are they talking about? First of all, let's look at the word deep. Proverbs 18 verse number 4. King James. Proverbs 18 verse number 4. I'm just trying to define the waters. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the waters. The face of the waters. So what water was he moving? Was God just moving over the anthological chain? Over whatever? Is that what you mean? Okay, Proverbs 18 verse 4. The Bible says, The words of a man's mouth are as what? Deep waters. And the words spring of wisdom as a flowing brook. The words of a man's mouth are as what? Deep waters. But there is something I want you to understand. From the abundance of the hearts, the man speaks. How many of you understand that? Praise the living God. Man speaks from the abundance of the hearts. So the deep waters, if I only speaking about the heart of man, you will, you will see it as we move on. Go with me to Proverbs 20, verse number 5. Proverbs 20, verse number 5. Praise the Lord. Counsel in the, in the heart of man is what? Like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel where? In the heart of man is like what? Deep waters. So, when the spirit was moving, it wasn't moving on H2O. It was moving in the heart of man to bring light to the formless man. Praise the living God. Are you there? Cast the aspect of the designs of doing something of the moment. Deep waters actually is a symbol of secret and hard to be discovered. That's what it means. Deep waters means that which is secret and hard to be discovered. Now I want you to think about this seriously. So if your heart is like deep waters, you need the spirit to brood over your heart. To bring light to it so that even the secret in your heart might be made known. Now let me show you why that is important. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Let me show you why you need the light to come into your heart. Why you need the secret of your heart to be exposed by the light. Or else you remove formless as far as creation is concerned. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is what? Deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why I said, deep water means deep secret. 
So where do you find it? It's secret in the heart of man. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Above all things, and I used to say this, instead of being afraid of the devil, be afraid of your heart. Because your heart is more wicked than the devil. Now that's what the Bible says. The heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. I mean, above the devil, your heart is much more wicked. And that's why God needs to brood over your heart. To bring light to your heart. Now you will become a child of light. Are you getting this? Praise the living God. The heart is deceitful. No, no, no. Can I say something? What do you think is the greatest weapon of the devil? He has no power. The devil's only power is deception. Do you know that? He deceived Eve and then the fall came in. The devil has no power. I just want to make you understand that. He lives in deception. He just likes to trick you by deceiving you. That's the power of the devil. That you may be out of the way of God. That you may be out of the way of that which God has ordained for your life. That's the power of the devil. Nothing more. The devil is just a deceiver. In fact, Jesus referred to the devil, John 8:44, that is a liar from the beginning and the father of lies. I mean, if you understand that. He lives in deception. Now, for the Bible to say, your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, then I beg to say, you better be more afraid of your heart than the devil. Because if your heart can conjure that which is good, when you come to the place of doing that which is right, God will pull the devil under your feet. But by the time you live in a deception, your own craftiness, you are coming in agreement with the devil to do the devil's work. That's why I say you do evil and you don't do good. So you don't know me. Are you following this? Praise the living God. The Bible says who can know it. <laughs> And I want you to think seriously about that. It even hides itself from itself. In order of the devil hides itself. I mean, your heart hides itself from you. That means you don't even know your heart. Oh, that is serious. You have the heart, but it can hide itself from you. That you don't even know your heart. Or let light shine through your heart. You don't even know when you are living in deception. You say, who can know it? Man himself, who has a heart, cannot even know the heart. You don't know how your heart is. You don't know how deceptive it is. You don't know how trickish it is. Who can know it? That's the question. So that his owner does not even know what the heart is. A corrupt heart is the worst enemy that a fallen creature can have. It is full of evil devices, of deceit, of foolishness, of abomination. And its owner knows not what is in him till it bows over. And is often past remedy before the evil is perceived. What I mean now is, your heart can so deceive you that you don't even know that you are living in deception. And there will be no remedy until the evil you are conceiving boils over. Your thoughts of wickedness, by the time they are revealed, that is when you begin to see 
that your heart is desperately what? Wicked. You can't know it. That's why you pray every day, God, help me. God should just help you to see to it that your heart is right. Before men, before people, before your husband, before your wife, have a right heart. Because your heart is desperately wicked. Above all things, no man can know it. <laughs> your heart is hiding itself from you. That is the most delicate thing you can ever imagine. Praise the living God. Are we still here? Alright. So, like I'm saying here, therefore trust not a man whose purposes are continually changing and who is actuated only by motive of self-interest. This is what I'm saying. You can't even trust a man. Why can't you trust a man? The man that is always fluctuating. He says this to you, he is doing that. You're trying to locate him there, he's on the other side. He gives you a promise today, no, no, no. He can't fulfill the promise, even tomorrow. Such a man is desperately wicked. He has a deceitful heart. He's slippery, like the snake. You can't catch him. Why? He's living in deception. The heart is deceiving him. Anyone whose ultimate desire is for self-interest has an evil heart. Are you there with me? If all that you ever struggle to think about, if all that you ever want to imagine is how you should be of more benefit than others, you have an evil heart. Praise the living God. Are you following me? I want you to pick this. The heart is too wicked that it needs light to help it. So when the Bible says God brewed over the waters, it wasn't talking about H2O. We're talking about your heart that is too deep for even you to understand. The heart of man is more than a deep well. You can't get to the bottom. Hallelujah. Are you still following what I'm talking about? Make and drill well and drill and get oil. But for the heart, you can't drill and come to the end. It's too deep. Desperately wicked. Praise the Lord. Now let me show you again so that you can understand. That. When I talk about waters, I'm not talking about H2O. The Bible is not talking about that. Look at Revelation 17 verse number 1 and 2. Revelation 17 verse number 1 and 2. The Bible says, and there came one of the seven angels, which are the seven bells, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall, that sitteth upon many waters. Look at that. That sitteth upon what? Many waters. Verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk when the wine of a fornication. But I want you to get that. I want to show you the harlots. How I many of you understand that harlots are generally very deceptive? They are not faithful. Is that okay? Good. Now the Bible is saying this harlot is sitting. When somebody is sitting, that means in control. Of even the kings of the earth. 
I don't want to go into describing who the harlot is. But just take that. But let's look at the water. Our concern is the water. But when you say he's sitting, that means controlling. Anytime you sit, you're either in judgment and you're releasing what needs to be done. You're sitting as a king. To talk about fornication here means they have a relationship with this harlot, which is actually a church system that lives in deception. Now look at verse 15 of Revelation 17, verse 15. Hallelujah. What did he say? And he said unto me, The waters with the soil, where the whore is seated, are peoples and multitude and nations and what? Tongues. So when you read water, you are not reading about the Atlantic Ocean. You are talking about people. So when the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord move upon the waters, what is supposed to mean? He move upon people. Glory to God. Are you getting that? And where is it touching in the life of the people? The hearts, which is deep and desperately wicked. So God comes over you and begin to manifest His glory in your heart to bring you out of darkness. Because if your heart is wicked, you are in darkness. That's why I see there's no light in the heavens. Praise the living God. So again, now you see that. That's why exactly what we just read in Jeremiah 4, verse 23. I beheld it, and lo, it was without form, and void, and heavens, and they that have no light. Like I said before, the word without form means to who? To who speaking of that which is empty, vain, deceptive, on and on. Praise the living God. So you see that. The heart of my desperate and wicked. And now the great hollow, which is deceptive, is sitting upon many waters. And the waters are people, are tongues, and tribes, and nations. All of these are people who never know God. So there's another spirit controlling such people who don't know God. Their heart is not right. They are forsaking God. They are good at doing nothing but evil and wickedness. They can do right. Now I want you to think this way. Don't rejoice that because you are called a Christian, therefore, your heart is right. No. Don't think that way. That's why you need to pay good attention to what I'm saying here. Because you may not even know that you are living in deception. Because you don't know your heart. That's what the Bible says. The heart is desperately wicked. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? You see, one of the ways by which you check the things you do, the things you say, is this motivated by the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, God, the Spirit brood upon the waters. We have to do with the people now. Is this thing I'm about to do? Is it motivated by the Spirit of God? Is God involved in this? Can the Holy Spirit stomach this? You need to ask yourself a question. Even if you want to make statements, even if you want to say things to people, check the statement you're making as if the Holy Spirit is making you say that. Praise the living God. Now go with me to Genesis 1 verse 3. Let's see how we begin to round this up in a little while. Genesis 1 verse number 3. God saw the form, saw the darkness, saw that there was no light. So what did he do? And God said, what? Let there be light. And there was light. Did you get that? So when God said, let there be light, there was light. Where was the light? 
Let me show you. Second Corinthians 4. Go to verse 6. God saw the formless situation, no light, darkness. And God said, no, 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 I can't allow this to be. He allowed the spirit to come, to brood over the place. And said, let there be light. And there was light. So look at verse 6. Second Corinthians 4, verse number 6. For God, glory to God. Are you with me, somebody? Can you see? For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined where? In our hearts. Glory to God. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you see that? That's what I'm saying. The water have nothing to do with your Atlantic Ocean. When God brewed upon the face of the water, it was your heart he was targeting. The darkness in your heart, the formlessness in your heart, it won that way out. And the Bible says, God shine his own light by saying, let there be light. And so when the light, God commanded our light to shine, where was he targeting? Your heart. And Paul says, the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined where? In our heart. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm saying. Assuming you're trying to take an action, is it bordered on the light that is revealed through Christ? Think about that. You want to take an action. You want to do something. Do we have the knowledge of God in that which you want to do? Do you have the knowledge of Christ in that which you want to do? He said when the light shines to our heart, it gives us the light of what? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen? Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Go back to verse 3 of the same chapter. So, but if our gospel be healed, it is here to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. So that what happened? Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is what? The image of God shall shine unto them. So when the light of the glory shine on you, you take it form. Can you get that? Instead of being formless, now you're taking shape. Now you're getting identification. Now you're becoming who exactly God intended you to be. When he said, let us form man in our image. It comes through the lights. That shines in your heart. Praise the living God. So how is your heart? That's my question. How do you think about your brother, your sister, your neighbor? How is your heart? Think about that. Now, I can make you see this, but let me not go there. But if you take your time to read Isaiah chapter 6, you find that Paul was actually talking about the children of Israel. When God told Isaiah, you go prophesy to the people. Let their heart be darkened, let it be gross, let their mind be blinded, let them receive the gospel. The God of this world is not necessarily in contest the devil. Right? You can say the devil, no problem about that. But if you remember what God said to the children of Israel, through Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, 
when the cherubim flew, took, I mean, the coal of fire, touched his lips and said, Who shall I send? As they say, Here I am, send me. You go tell them. Let them hear but not hear. Let them hear but not understand. May they have the growth and become darkened. So that they don't understand the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. That's a very terrible, terrible ministry. When your ministry blinds people's eyes and mind. <laughs> but that's the thing. But let's just leave that. So here we see. If, if, if this gospel, which is the good news that makes you to become one like Christ, is hidden from you, it is because your heart is in darkness. No light in it. That's why you need God to brood over your life anymore. One more time. Praise the living God. You know, we're talking about, look at that. The glorious gospel of Christ, who is, what is it? The image of who? Of God. She shine unto thee. So when the light begins to shine into your heart, you get informed into the image, not only of Christ now, but of God. Of course you do know. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Now if you want to describe the image of God, you go now to Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 1, reading from 1 to 3. The book of Hebrews. This is what it says. God who has sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, had in this last day spoken unto us by his son, who has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the walls. Verse 3 says, Who being what? The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Who be had, I mean by himself, poured all things, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. But what did he say there? He says the brightness of what? Of his glory and the express image of his person. So now, it means when the gospel of Christ comes to you, you receive it, and your heart, I mean you begin to receive light. What are you getting formed into? You are being formed into the express image, not only of Christ now, but of who? Of God. Is it making sense to you? So what God was doing when he was brooding over the waters is to cause man to become like him. To become his express image. To become light-bearing beings upon the face of the earth. To become the man that reveals Christ. Because we're talking about the, the express image and the glory of his person. We're talking about the outrain of God. That means out of you, the light of who God is springs from your being. For God is light. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Now you begin to understand why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse number 4. And he said, ye are what? The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be what? Cannot be hidden. Ye are the light of the world. That's what the Bible says. How is that? Because you have received the light. It's coming to your spirit. You are not the expert image and what? The glory of God. Wherever you are, the light of God is emanating from your being. You can express God because you are now one with Him as the express image and the glory of God. Paul said, Be ye imitators of me, 
Even I'm also an imitator of who? Of Christ. Can you tell anybody to imitate you? Think about that. Have you grown in your faith to a place where you can tell somebody, imitate me? What Paul was saying, if you follow me, you find Christ. Can somebody follow you? Can you really describe to anybody to follow you? Can you tell somebody, if you follow me, you find Christ? Hallelujah. Christ is the way. But guess what? He has made many ways available through you and I. We are also becoming the way to the Father. Is anybody getting this? That may be hard, but that's the simple truth. He's the firstborn among many brethren. So if it was light, now you are light. If it's the way, now you are a way. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Everything that he was, you becoming. Somebody needs to understand what the church stands for. This is where we're having a problem because we think all that God has in mind for us is to just believe and go to heaven to eat some, you know, popcorn or so, some angelic food. You're not going to get manna in heaven. Manna didn't go to heaven. Manna was coming down from heaven. So you don't need to go there to get manna. Are you sitting there with me? You are becoming exactly who Christ was. He's the firstborn among many brethren. The same blood. Oh, come on. That's why the Bible said the fire for ministry is to bring us to the place of the mature stature of Christ. The same stature with Him. Praise the living God. You see what God is doing through the gospel? That's why it's the need for you to always receive the gospel. Always hear the word. Always read the Bible. Always seek his face. The more you receive him, the more you become like him. Are you sitting there with me? Now, you will come to the place. Look at what Jesus said. The prince of the world cometh, not the ruler of the world. The prince of the world cometh, but he shall find nothing in me. Why? Because I'm all light. And in me, it's no darkness at all. Did you get that? When you come to that place, no darkness in you, no evil thought in you, the enemy can't touch you. The enemy only has power if there's darkness in your life. But God, through the gospel, is causing the darkness to pass away. That is light will shine into your life. Are you following what I'm talking about? The more light you receive, the more freedom you have. The more light you receive, the more deliverance you have. You don't have to be afraid of the devil because you are a great light in the midst of darkness. He says, ye are the light of the world. Not tomorrow. Praise the living God. Let me show you something that will amaze you. Isaiah 49 verse number 6. I just want you to get this. Isaiah 49 verse number 6. The Bible says, And he said, It is a light thing that thou shalt be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserve of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation. Hallelujah. Unto the end of the earth. Now, if you look at this scripture, it's speaking more about Jesus. But I want you to see something. Right? I'm sending a light unto the Gentiles. And not just that, 
that you will be my salvation unto the end of the earth. That is true, Jesus. Is that okay? All right. Now go with me to Acts 13, verse 46. And there you see the miracle here. Hallelujah. Acts 13, 46. Look at it. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first be have spoken to you. But seeing ye put it off from you and judge yourself worthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Now look at verse 47. For so has the Lord commanded us, saying, I have saved thee to be a light of the Gentiles. It's good in Isaiah now. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I have saved thee to be what? A light of the Gentiles. That thou should be what? For salvation unto the end of the earth. Glory to God. So when God was saying that in Isaiah, he was referring to you, he was talking about you, he was talking about the end product of the light that is coming to a people. Now you should become salvation unto those who are in darkness. That is your responsibility. Can you see that? That's why I keep telling everybody. It's when you read the Bible, don't see me. See yourself. You see? You can't read the Bible and we see your husband. You read the Bible, we see your wife. You are not reading. Your eye is not single. Your eye is double. You know, James referred to the Bible as the perfect mirror, the liberty of God. Nobody looks at a mirror and be seeing the neighbor. How come you're looking at the mirror, you see your husband? I don't understand how you position the mirror. Unless the husband comes behind you, but as long as you are alone in your room, you can't see nobody, you see yourself. Read the Bible and see who you are. Some of you open, you see devil, you see witch, you see wizard. See yourself. If that's what you are saying, then you are a wizard. Because you read and see yourself. Are you listening to me? Look at Paul here. He said, because this is what is spoken by Isaiah. We have to become salvation to the end of the earth. A light to the Gentiles. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Friends, what am I telling you? Wake up. You are light. You are not darkness. God has brood over your life. The gospel came. God who commanded the light in the beginning. And said, let there be light. Has commanded the light to shine where? In our hearts. Glory to God. You following me? Listen, I want you to walk in the street as light being. <laughs> you light carriers, and if you are light carrier, you can't be afraid of darkness. Because wherever a light steps in, so darkness gives way. Are you listening to me? And here the Bible is telling me, you are going to be light unto the Gentiles and salvation to the ends of the earth. That means God is depending on you to have people saved. <laughs> we know Jesus is the Savior. But what did the Bible say? No, by that, verse 21. Saviors shall rise out of Mount Zion. What is Mount Zion? The church. But we don't see this. 
Huh? We don't see this. All we see is demons. All we see is cockroaches. All we see, oh. A friend of mine was writing something recently on Facebook. He said he had some brethren in the, in the particular church. And they were just having fellowship or praying. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, they saw a war gecko. And the prayer changed. So the war gecko has come to spy on them. The war gecko is a demon. Now they start firing the war gecko. Oh, innocent creature being killed for nothing. War gecko are meant to eat up the mosquitoes so that you can be free. That's the ecosystem. Why kill the innocent things? Ignorance. You don't understand what the love of God is. You don't understand what the spirit is. You don't understand that you are light. You don't understand that God sent you as saviors. Oh, come on now. How did the brethren of Rahab got saved? All because of one woman that believed. And they simply said, when we are coming to destroy Jericho, just tie a red piece of cloth on your window. We will know that that is your house and you are your family. Let it be there. They are going to be saved. The red cloth can speak of the blood of Jesus. Just put it there. Are you done with me? That's one person that believes saved the whole family. She was a savior to the entire family. And guess what? It's through the knowledge of this Rahab that Jesus came from. Glory to God. Light shine in darkness. That woman that had been called a harlot became the great grandmother of the Savior, if you will. He came from that lineage. Go study the book. Praise the living God. You are the light of the world. Jesus wasn't mixing work when he said that. In your place of work, shine the light. In your home, shine the light. In your fellowship, shine the light. Be a savior to those who are in darkness. That's why you are called. Paul said, no, this is what the scripture said. For the Lord has commanded us. Nina and Barnabas. Are you getting that? Saying, I've said thee to be what? A light of the Gentiles. That that should be for what? Salvation unto the end of the earth. Think about that. And so, when we read... Genesis 1-3 again. And God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. And the Bible says, verse 4. And God saw the light was what? That light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now you listen to this closely. And God called the light day, capital letter. And the darkness is called night, capital letter. And the evening and the morning were what? The first day. Follow something now. Follow something now. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 5. God saw that the light was good. And the light he called day, capital letter. Is that okay? And the night he called darkness, capital letter. Now 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 5, verse number 5. Look at what he said. Ye are what? The children of light. And the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of what? Of darkness. You are the children of light and children of the day. That day that God created. And it's holy day. Can you understand what I'm talking about here? God said that the light was good. And he called it day. And the darkness he called night. And yet the Bible says you are the children of the day. You are not of the night. So you must know where you belong. You are a child of the day. 
and the day speaks of light. So you are the light of the world. Listen to me. Remove the church, the world will go into darkness. But because the church is on ground here, there is light in the world. And because you are light in your family, darkness cannot come to your family. For we are children of the day and not of the night. Praise God. Are you getting this? Go to Ephesians 5 verse number 8. Paul saw so much of this light because he understood who he was. The emitters of light. Hallelujah. Look at this. For you were sometimes darkness, but now, what are you? You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Glory to God. You were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. What is asking you to do? Walk as children of light. You can also say, walk as children of the day. Praise the living God. Can you get me? So when God was doing all of those things in the book of Genesis, He had you in mind. It was you who was talking about. He wasn't talking about some ordinary elements in creation. It was you that was the focus. The heart of man that was desperately wicked. Light was coming into it. Now you are not children of darkness, you are children of the day. And he said, do what? Walk as children of light. If you are a child of light, you can gossip. If you are a child of light, you can murmur. If you are a child of light, you can envy anybody. If you are a child of light, woman, all of those things will depart from your light. Those are darkness. These are not light. Praise the living God. Say, walk as children of the day. Walk as children of light. Amen? And when you check the word light, that is very powerful. It means to shine or make manifest, especially by rays. Luminousness, in the widest application, light or fire. Glory to God. So, if the Bible says God is a consuming fire, then His children are also consuming fire. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? It means to make manifest. So, what is He talking about? Christ that cannot be seen can be seen through you. Are you with me? Christ is light. Remember what He said? I am the light of the world. Anyone that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall walk in the light. Did you understand that? That he turns around and says, you listening to me, my disciple, you are what? The light of the world. That means if anybody walking around you, he cannot walk in darkness. How come your light is making people fall out of faith? Your light should show people through light. Because you are children of the day. You are children of light. Walk as light. Praise the living God. Are you see that? Look at First Peter, chapter two, verse nine. We're going to stop here. First Peter, chapter two, verse nine. Is anybody picking anything from this? Glory to God. You must know who you are. You must know why God called you to Himself. Look at what He says there. <laughs> but they are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Permit me to say something here before I go down to what I have to say. You see why? It's amazing for me. I was sharing this last Saturday. I talked about it in the camp meeting. It's amazing for me how you want somebody to tell you how to dress. I mean, it's amazing. It still beats my imagination. It is only because you don't know 
that you are a royal person. That's why you dress the way you dress. For you to take your money and go to the market and buy trousers that are torn on the nails, and you'll be so, how do I put it? You feel so proud, and you, you, you sit and open your eyes to walk in the midst of people. Oh, that shows your heart is really darkened. You don't even know who you are. You call that fashion? No, no, no. Look at the street today. We, we can hardly distinguish mad people from normal people. Now we are, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if anybody follow what I'm talking about. You don't know who is mad now. Because we have everybody dressed in the same way. All torn clothes. But can you picture a royal family member? Let's even look at the, the which palace is this one? Which at Okere there? What palace is that? The Ogame, Ogame. Is it Ogame? Okay. Huh? That's a royal family. Is that okay? Good. Let's picture a child from that family, from that royal family, comes out from the street. You will just know that this from the royal family. Am I correct? Just by the way he dresses. The Bible says you are a royal family. Now check yourself and see the way you dress. As if you are dressing in royalty. God spoke to the children of Israel. He said, I've called Aaron and his son. So make royal garment for them. How many of you understand that? Royal garment out of glory. So you dress to match your status as a royal person. Don't act like some idiot in the street and you feel, I am a Christian. God does not look at the outward man. He looks at the inside. Who told you that? That scripture is being misquoted. Can I tell you why? This is it. God asked him, Nathan, to go and anoint a leader. He never told you who the person was. When he got and began to see, he saw Oholiab, the elder brother of David, very tall and huge. So he said, This man with his size, like Bansa, this must be the king. And I said, No. You're looking at his physical structure. I don't see physical structure. I see the heart. This man does not have the heart of a shepherd. The man that has the heart of a shepherd is in the bush. Go get him, and until he comes, nobody should sit down. That's what it means. He wasn't talking about the dressing of Holiab. We're talking about his physics. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So when you quote the scripture, you know, you can't judge me. God does not look at outward appearance. And so that makes you look like a, a rugged man in the street, like every other person. You don't understand royalty. So you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Let's deal with that place so they see what I'm talking about. You can see the other Obini walk in the street with tatter clothes. And he says from the palace, they will arrest him. I'm going to call the other. Say, your son has gone mad. Where do you see him? At the market square. How is he looking like? Tata clothes. You, do you know what I'm talking about? Huh. You don't understand what it means to be a royal person. That's why you're looking. You see, the way you dress, you, you make people to look down on God. Huh? <laughs> I 
God. Look at recently. The president's daughter flew a private jet to a program in Bauchi State or the Aribadi Gombe. I can't remember. Everybody was talking. Somebody said, What are you talking about? The private jet belongs to Nigeria. His father is the president of the country. What do you want him to use? I mean, what how to use? To go and take Okada. Is anybody got what I'm talking about? Come on, man. Think about it. Why will you mess up God with the way you dress? Looking rugged, looking ugly. Huh? Allow your hair to become like twine. That does not give you even most. I mean, if you want to turn to something, I agree with you. But if you have no power, go cut your hair. The hair was giving something power. You don't rub, you don't rub some, some things on your head and it turns to something else. And, uh, and, uh, and then when they are arresting them in the street now, they are, people are angry. It's an identity of being a Yahoo man. If there's no power in those things, cause it. Because something's own carried power. Your own carried nothing. That means you're taking the name of the Lord in faith. Go clean it up. That means that. Glory to God. You are a royal priesthood, man. A holy nation. Show the world who you are. Let your light shine. That man may see your good works. Wherever you are, people should know that he's a child of God. Praise the living God. Are you still with me? A lot of people don't like me sometimes. But I'm a good man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Look what he said here. Oh my God. But you are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar. Where is your peculiarity? You are unique amongst people as a believer. Why? Why all of this? Say that what? You shall show forth what? The praises of him who has called you out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. This is the only reason. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That is the reason you may show Homer. The matter of called you out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. Huh? Some of you teasters, you go buy t-shirts with useless scriptures. See me tonight and feel fine. What stupid thing? What, what's wrong with you? Huh? If you see my face, you will smile. And you go and buy that and put it on. Oh. And then when they mess you up in the street, you say the devil. No, no, no. You invited the devil. You said that you see your face and then they will feel fine. You call yourself a Christian. And you want somebody to teach you? No. It's just because you don't understand what is royalty. If you know who your father is, if you know where you come from, if you know the kingdom he represents, you can buy all kinds of t-shirts in the market. You cannot. Are you listening to me? <laughs> oh my God. This is common sense. I'm not preaching holiness. I'm just preaching common sense. Which is not common. So common sense is not common. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying now. Hallelujah. You have your money, dress well. 
We have, where's Moses? Moses is he in church? Yeah, take their measurements. Give them cool stuff. Praise God. People that can shape you up. Don't go buy nonsense to the market. Don't dress. You see, the reason you have to dress in the way you dress is to do what? To, because you are called out of darkness into his marvelous light to show. And they become the praises of God. The praises of God. The glory of God. The way you appear, glorify God. Amen? Somebody who said, this must be a Christian. That must be a Christian. Think about that. I'll give you a story here. I was traveling. In December to go and preach in Benin. And they look at my car and they said it's a tinted glass. One of the officers just said, Hey, sir, park there. First of all, he said, Oibo, but park. <laughs> so I went and I parked the car. Second man came and he said, I said, sir, you're delaying my time. He said, What? I said, I have a meeting in Benin. So a political meeting, I said, No, I'm a minister. He said, Ah, take your paper, out. my hand, no touch. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed, I do my prophet, no harm. The guy didn't set me. Guess what? He was a Muslim. Not a believer. But you understood who you are. You don't know yourself. That's my problem now. You don't know who you are. You don't know exactly who you are. The man gave me my paper. He didn't look at it. He called his neighbor. He said, oh, this man is going to do God's work. My hand did not even touch the paper. Hallelujah. No, think about it. If I were to have been, you know, like something today, with tattered trousers, you know, and I'll say I'm going to preach, they'll say, no, this one is, uh, no, no, calm down. I don't know if I get what I'm talking about. The dress, the dressing alone, we just, he said, no, calm down. We finish, when we finish with you, you can go and preach, but calm down. But when he looked at me, I was neat, man. Are you getting what I'm talking about? From head to toe, I was neat and cool. And that's the way it should be. Hallelujah. Because I recognize my royalty. I know who I am. I know who I believe. I know where I belong to. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm talking about? Come on, let's read it together again. That you go and then we'll pray now. But you are what? A chosen generation. What? A royal priesthood. What again? And holy nation. And again, a peculiar people. For what reason? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. That's who we are. The light is come. Let there be light, and the light has come. The only man that cannot walk in this light is the man whom the God of this world has blinded their mind. Let the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ you shine into their heart. But we are in this place, enlightened people. God has called us to light, and we are going to show for the praise of His glory. Come on, somebody stand up. Stand up and let's begin to talk to the Father. I just want you to talk to God. I want you to pray. I want you to just, just talk to the Father. Talk to the Father at this moment. Step on the keyboard. Talk to the Father at this moment. Very quickly. I want you to talk to the Father before going to prayers. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I mean, are you actually a light? Have the light actually come into your heart? Are you sure you are receiving the change, the transformation, by reason of the light that has come into your heart? What was I describing you in any way? Think about that. Repent of it. Change of it. Seek God's face. Ask His light to come. If you have the light, you can be among the gossipers, you can be among the grumblers, those grumbling. No, 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 no. Think about that.
Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.